This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast. I am Brandon Anderson, joined as always by Raheem Palmer. And folks, at the time of recording, it is 5 p.m. Central. We are counting down. We are down to the minutes now until real live NFL football by the time you hear this, you will have watched the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Football is here. We were all set to give you our usual Friday podcast rundown. And then the day from hell came to the Baltimore Ravens. So we're changing things up a little bit. We're going to give you a bit of an emergency podcast here on the Ravens. Raheem, before we get into that, how excited are you to watch some actual live football tonight? I'm very excited. I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't quite root for them in the same manner that I did in the past because I'm loyal to my bankroll. But NFL is here. It's time to make some money. It's time to watch some football. It's time to eat some wings or some celery if you're a vegan. So I'm excited. Love that salary only diet. Let's get it. So before we get started, just a quick reminder of everything you can find here in the Action Network podcast. If you haven't listened yet, make sure to check out our uh, flagship episode from Stucky and Raybon with their six-pack picks for the week. Lots of good info in there. We had a couple totals. There was a parlay. Lots of good stuff there. So make sure to listen to that. That will come to you late night, overnight on Wednesdays, first thing for you on Thursdays. Um, and then we will, uh, Raheem and I will be here on Friday. And then we'll be in your ear holes first thing Monday morning to talk about everything you saw on Sunday and process and break down what happened with the games. How did we win so much money together? And how will we get set up to win some more money for the next week? Uh, as always, our odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So let's just jump right into the emergency. Raheem, what happened this afternoon? What, what, what's the news with the Ravens? The Ravens need to sage their, their practice facility because it's reported that cornerback Marcus Peters and running back Gus Edwards potentially had knee injuries. They're both, they're feared to be torn ACLs. This is just really, really, really devastating. The news comes after starting running back J.K. Dobbins suffered a season-ending knee injury, and they already had lost Justice Hill, who tore his Achilles earlier in the week. It's just, I mean, words can't explain how devastating this is for a Ravens team that's super reliant on the run. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's big news. And I have I have been very high on the Ravens for, for years, really. Like, this has been my team. When they made the big rise a couple of years ago with Lamar Jackson's MVP season, they, they were my Super Bowl pick that year. And they looked good all year, came up a little short, but I have kind of stayed on the bandwagon ever since. I thought there's a lot of value on this team. And boy, it was a rough afternoon from that perspective. Look, we know running back is the least important position, maybe on the football team. You know, certainly on offense, it's it's definitely the position that, you know, when I grew up in the 90s, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, and that was the glory position then. And, you know, it's kind of become the, the NBA center of the NFL of just like, uh, just get somebody in there. Is he seven feet tall and he can stand and block shots? 
like in the NFL, just, just get like a 250 pound dude that can run straight and knock a couple of guys over. It's fine. And that might be true, but JK Dobbins and justice Hill and Gus Edwards. And it just happens to be the one team in the NFL that is going to run more than any other team. And that, you know, really needs to get those running backs going. This team led the league in rushing, uh, especially in, in like DVOA football outsiders and things like that for the last couple of years, like this, this is a dominant rushing attack. So if, if any team can't afford to lose the running back depth and actually it matter, it seems like it's this team, but running backs aren't supposed to matter. This is what we've learned so far. So here's the depth chart right now, as far as we know. And, and again, Thursday afternoon. So by the time that you listen to this Friday, we, we maybe Barry or Emmett will be back. Like uh, we're running out of names here. So these guys might be on the roster. Le'Veon Bell's on the practice squad. He's probably going to see some time on Monday night. Devontae Freeman was signed today. Tyson Williams went from this kind of trendy sleeper last round fantasy pick to maybe the bell cow, maybe the starter on this team. Trenton Cannon is there. That's the running back crew. So uh, I talked with, with our Samantha Praviti to, to say, okay, who's the fantasy pickup? She says no one. So it's, it's ugly. There's not really a play here at running back and it seems like a problem, but how much do you think this actually matters to this offense? I think it's absolutely devastating to their chances. The Ravens has the highest pass run ratio in the league at 55% run to 45% pass. They were 11th in offensive efficiency last year. They were third in the run and 17th in pass. They have the third highest explosive run rate. They were 15th in explosive pass rate. When you look at Lamar Jackson and DVOA, he's 21st in DVOA. If you look at, if you go even further down the metrics, he was 23rd in EPA. That's expected points added. So, I mean, this is a guy who really struggles to get the ball out to the hash marks. I mean, they signed Sammy Watkins, but I mean, at wide receiver, I'm not really respecting this crew to be a group of guys who are just dangerous. This isn't the crew over in Minnesota with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. This isn't the crew over in Kansas City. I mean, you got Devin DuVernay, you got Rashad Bateman, you got Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown. And this is a situation where Lamar Jackson has to, he has to take off the training wheels. And I'm really, really concerned about this team. And the run really opens up everything for this team. They were one of the best third down conversion teams in the league last year because they can run the ball. They have the run pass option. If you can't run, that takes away so much of what they're going to do. So I think we're in a situation to where this team is going to sink or swim with Lamar Jackson. And you almost have to wonder if Lamar Jackson at plus 1700 has some value to win MVP. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. And I, I just put up my MVP column yesterday at Action Network and Lamar Jackson was in my final four, partly because we love to give out repeat MVPs. Uh, nine of the last 13 quarterbacks that have won the award have been guys that won it before. And those are just Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning winning it over and over and over again, because that's what we do. And I feel like we've kind of collectively put Lamar Jackson into that Matt Ryan bucket that, oh yeah, that year, that year that he was the MVP. And maybe it's not. And to play devil's advocate here, is it possible that this could end up being for the offense, kind of a, a two steps back, three steps forward thing in time? What if the lack of the run game forces their hand and forces the passing game? And, and maybe 
in the early part of the season. That's not great. Um, but we're counting on the defense, the special teams, the coaching to kind of hold down the fort. The receivers are maybe not great, but I think they're the best Lamar has had. Marquise Brown is healthy. That's the speed option that they need to have out there that they haven't really had the past few years to stretch the field. Sammy Watkins, same thing, at least for a couple of weeks until he gets hurt. Um, Rashad Bateman, hopefully, I think he's a great fit there and a good target. Mark Andrews, for sure, is a, is a very good target and, and a sure-handed guy. What if this injury forces a more even balanced game, forces Lamar to, to develop a little bit as a passer and ends up kind of, you know, riding the ship long-term, like developing a part of the game that everyone has kind of just given up on at this point. But Lamar's not old. Like he, he still has a long ways to go. And let's be fair too. The Ravens have not lost their best running back. That's Lamar Jackson. He's over a thousand yards, two years or two. Yeah. Two seasons in a row. So I don't know. What's interesting to me, I, I have my spreadsheet to kind of keep track of my model to see, okay, how do I rate the offenses? And, and I have rankings by each position group and then they're weighted. Running back is, is lowest. Running back is weighted as equally as tight end, if that gives you any idea of just how little importance it is. So when I, I went in there and said, okay, basically if they're the, the worst running backs in the league, which they're certainly in the conversation of right now, even if you do that, it barely moves the needle. The offense drops for me from seventh in the NFL to eighth. It basically doesn't affect them by the model. I think it affects them a little bit more than that because of the way that the run game is so emphasized. To me, though, what I want to talk about is I think Gus Edwards and the running back disaster is what's going to get the attention. Marcus Peters, to me, is the real attention grabber. Marcus Peters is a huge loss to them. What you loved about the defense is that their corners were the best in the NFL. And cornerbacks, too, is corners and offensive line are two areas that can absolutely derail your season. If you get the injuries and the dominoes start to come, you just can't make up ground. There's too many guys and you're too far down the depth chart and it can just totally derail your season. And Marcus Peters was really good. Wink Martindale's defense blitzes a ton and they rely heavily on the corners to get the job done. So Marlon Humphrey still very good. Jimmy Smith, probably good, pretty old. Tavon Young, maybe good, can't stay healthy. I feel like the defense takes a serious blow in my rankings. They drop from seventh to outside the top 10. And I think even more worrisome is they are one more cornerback injury away from like disaster at this point. What do you think about that? Does the defense hold up to you? When I look at Marcus Peters, when I look at his, I mean, his metrics, he wasn't great. I mean, he only had a 48% success rate. I mean, you look at all the corners of the team outside of Anthony Averett, he was probably the worst guy in the secondary. So I don't know if this completely destroys them, but I, I do think it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough loss. Obviously you don't want to lose a corner in, in a pass happy league, but I don't, I don't think it's completely devastating, but like you said, it hurts their death. I mean, Jimmy Smith is in his 11th season. He's 33 years old. So it's like, you can't afford to, you know, lose a starting quarterback in this league. So yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but I think it's, it's something that they can overcome. This is an offensive league at the end of the day. So you got to be able to score points and, how the Ravens score points was on the ground. So I think Lamar, like I said earlier, Lamar Jackson going to have to put on his big boy pants. He's going to have to take off the training wheels and become a quarterback in a traditional manner. And it remains to be seen if we can see it. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to watch now. It's a real bummer just as a fan of the game because what you love about Baltimore is that they're different. They're, they're their own thing. 
And I feel like the Gus Edwards injury and the J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, it takes away from that identity. And Baltimore, part of why Baltimore has been so good is because they know what they are. It's different than everyone else, and they stick to the plan. And I feel like both of these injuries are, are direct hits to the exact plan that they have, the exact thing they want to do on offense and on defense. So I just, every year it feels like we get a team or two that's supposed to be a contender and they get that season from hell. And it's just really hard to shake the feeling that that's kind of where this is starting to, to head for the Ravens. The running back, the whole thing is out. Marcus Peters, don't forget Lamar Jackson had COVID in August. And so like we saw last year with Cam Newton, when he was out, he was never the same after that. So this is not the same player, but that it's a worry. Just, you know, we've seen plenty of players where when you come back, it's not quite the same. Rashad Bateman was supposed to be the big receiver addition. He missed a lot of preseason injured. It's just, it's starting to feel like the dominoes are lining up and it's, it's a cumulative effect to me where it's, you know, even if Marcus Peters isn't great, even, you know, your metrics certainly don't paint a great picture, but who's the next guy up and how much worse is he than even what Peters might have been. And I think that that's the problem. So I recommended Ravens as a one seed. I love them in this division. This was one of my two favorite teams in the AFC and it's starting to feel like a stay away or at least a wait and see sort of team. Monday night, they traveled to Vegas to play the Raiders. That is the first game ever for those Vegas fans in the stadium. And that, that to me also feels like a stay away. I was on Baltimore before this, but I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about the team. This was a team I was very high on and I'm not out, but I'm definitely at a wait and see approach. To me, I think they've just been snake bitten over the last couple of years. You know, a lot of people are going to blame Lamar, but I mean, that Tennessee playoff loss wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, they outgained Tennessee. They had like nearly 500 yards and they just, you know, were unfortunate on fourth down and they had some turnovers. And then the following year, I feel like the, the offensive line got beat up a bit. I mean, they had some injuries. I mean, Marshall Yonder retired, obviously. I mean, you have the departure of Orlando Brown who is in Kansas City right now. So it remains to be seen how much this offensive line is going to gel. I mean, they got Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh. So it's just like they have a lot of question marks to me. So, I mean, you've heard me say I'm I'm high on the Browns, and this could be the year where the Browns (laughs) finally win that division. (laughs) Yeah, we, we uh, we both bet on the Browns to win the Super Bowl, and certainly this clears, perhaps clears out a bit of a path for them. So, uh, that that could be that could be good for them. Let's pivot a little bit here to some of the other action coming down the pipes in week one. Uh, some of the big injury news here. So uh, talk to me about some of the cornerback situation with Cincinnati against the Vikings. Uh, you're you're not excited about that one for the Bengals, I think. Oh yeah, I'm not, I mean they they lost Trey Wayne's. Um, so they're they're basically going to be relying on Eli Apple, who was cut from two teams last year for being out of shape, and you're facing one of the best wide receiver duels in the league and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Now we know the Minnesota Vikings, they like to run the ball, but this is a situation in which I think Minnesota can actually get off and dominate. So if you have one of those two guys on your fantasy team or you play daily fantasy, I I think that those are guys that you want to pick up. Um, But I I think, you know, the number is a little sharp for me. I think I'm not, I don't really like how their, their preseason went with, you know, Kirk Cousins ended up on a COVID list and, you know, things of that nature. And I just, I, I think you have a new look defense that's trying to gel together. So from a numbers perspective, I don't know if I necessarily like the three and a half, 
But I do think it's a situation in which the offense can get off. Yeah, I think it matters, too, that, you know, the Bengals also lost William Jackson in free agency, who was their top corner. So it's just it's it's a very inexperienced group. And the Vikings tend to be a high floor, low ceiling team. So when they play against a team that like the Bengals, where the defense is just not very good, this is the sort of game that Kirk Cousins can look really good in. Like we know he has that game where he puts up 300 yards and three touchdowns, and then he plays, you know, the Packers or someone actually real the next week and goes back to being Kirk Cousins. But it feels like this is a game I, I'm staying away as well, just because it, it it feels suspicious. But it also wouldn't surprise me to see the Vikings, you know, light it up in the air and Jefferson and Thielen have big games and suddenly. That's one of the Monday conversations. Minnesota won by 21. Is this a team we've all overlooked? And like, is it a big season ahead? And I feel like that might be an overreaction too, but I think it's a possibility. A guy that I've been very high on that picked up a hamstring injury and I'm worried about my guy, Austin Eckler, who I gave out as like a long shot MVP, long shot oh, man. of the year. I think the long <laughs> shot has been shot. The hamstring injury heading into week one is not a good place to go for that. So the Chargers are playing in Washington. I know that you are already liking Washington, so I have to believe that the Eckler injury only helps your position. Oh yeah, without a without a doubt. But I I do think I think one thing about the, the Chargers is they're they're a pass heavy team, and they were that last year. So I think the loss of Eckler hurts, but it's not absolutely devastating in the way. Um, we saw with the Ravens right now. So I, I just the big part I like I watch I like about the Washington football team is they can get to the quarterback. Obviously, the Chargers have boasted their offensive line. They got Corey Lindsley from Green Bay, but I, I still think this Washington defense—they boasted the offensive, the defensive line, but they, they also boasted the, the corner situation over there too. So it's just like I think they have the guys to slow that, slow down this defense. I don't think the Chargers had a lot of depth, and I just think Washington at home catching one—it's not a line that I, I, I feel like presents any value on the Chargers. I think the value is all on the Washington football team. And, you know, I've read an interesting stat earlier. So this line is actually one, right? But it's like when you look at the Chargers in the last 23 games over the last two seasons, the Chargers are actually 7-16 and straight up in games decided by one score. Now, I know some of that was Anthony Lynn, but I still think we still have some questions on, on Brandon Staley. And his status as a head coach, I think he did solid with the Rams, but you had Aaron Donald, you like you had defensive stars over there. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do in his first coaching job on the road against a tough defense. Yeah. And I think too, you know, I think you might be even underrating Eckler's impact a little bit, just because to me, the reason he is so good on that team is because of his impact in the passing game, not just the running game. You know, I think, with Joe Lombardi there now, I'm expecting Eckler to be in a an Alvin Kamara sort of a role. And, it, you know, if you think of the Saints, if, if suddenly Kamara went missing a couple of days before, I think that would not only throw off both aspects, the run and the pass, I think it would throw off the whole game plan. Because, you know, if that's the sort of thing that you've been building, like I expected with Eckler to not have him or to have him in a limited role, throws off the whole plan, what you're doing. It throws off your run attack, your short passing, your third downs like the whole equation changes a little bit. 
Um, even to the point that it might you might throw things off for Washington on how to defend a bit as you know, well. The, the market the market actually agrees with you because this line went from Chargers plus one to Washington minus one. So I think a lot of that had to do with that move. So I think you are correct in that aspect. I think the difference between the Chargers and the Saints, though, is that Justin Herbert actually has an arm and, <laughs> you know, he has receivers other than Mike Michael Thomas to throw to. I mean, that's true. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So, so let's, let's segue into some of those line moves. Then T- talk to me a little bit more about going from minus one to plus one. It's easy for, for me to just look at those lines and be like, yeah, okay. Whoever wins by one point, either they're going to win or the other team was going to win. This is all the same line. Tell me why it matters to move from minus one to plus one about, does it matter to move through that zero number? Is that a real two-point line swing? Talk to me about that a little bit. See, I mean, if you're betting the game straight up, I don't think it matters that much. But for me, where it matters is on those teasers. So if you've been following me on t- Twitter, I gave out a two-team teaser on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two. You're teasing it down from eight to minus two. And in the second leg of the teaser, I gave out the Los Angeles Rams teasing that down from seven and a half to one and a half. But what I did was I suggest that you add the Washington football team and some of those teaser legs because they were catching plus one and you can tease up through the key numbers of three, six, and seven, and you catch it at seven. So if you lose by touchdown, you push, you lose by six, you win. Now that teaser is out the window because you can't, you don't want to tease through the number zero. Now, if you're playing, you know, just a straight up bet, I think you're fine to lay minus one. Obviously, you don't, you don't want to lay – you typically don't want to get into the habit of laying the worst of the number, but more often than not, if, if you're going to – either you're going to win the game or you're going to lose the game. So one is not that significant when it comes to the NFL. It's not a key, it's not a key number when it like, – like three, six, seven, eight. And what I mean by key numbers is that if you were to go through all of the NFL games for the last year or the last 10 years or the last five years, these are the numbers – these are the score differentials that pop up the most. So three is king in the NFL. I think everybody knows that. That's why you see so many people buying onto the three and buying off of the three. That makes sense. 
So I know that uh, we, we talked a little bit about the Browns. The, this is the Browns official podcast. We are all Browns all the time here. Cleveland and Kansas City, I think, is pretty clearly the game of the week starting out here. The Browns head to Kansas City, and this line has shifted a bunch today. So this was at six and a half. It's moved down to five and a half. So the Chiefs are still favored, but the gap is closing. And then the the total is moving too from 52 and a half up to 54. So what do you make of the line move on both ends with the Browns Chiefs game? When it comes to this Brown side, I'm moving from six and a half down to five and a half. I think the, the loss of Tyron Matthew is, is is huge. We've already had questions about Kansas City secondary. We've already had questions about their ability to stop the run. And if you can't stop the secondary and you can't stop the run, I mean, it, you're facing one of the better teams in the NFL in Cleveland. You're facing a genius and Kevin Stefanski. So there were some sharp, sharp groups that hit that. And I think Cleveland is actually live here to win this game outright. As far as the total, I believe my model makes this game 54. So the line move up from 52 to 54 makes a lot of sense. So basically the line move is telling us that the Browns are looking kind of good here. The Browns are not as big of an underdog as perhaps they were billed to be. And those extra points, the total is moving. That's because the Browns are going to score a couple more points because of the way the Chiefs defense is shaping up. So I, I think that game is really interesting. I, I go very back and forth on it. On the one hand, the Browns running the ball and the play action just seems like the perfect thing to attack the Chiefs defense with. You know, the best way to beat the Chiefs, I think, is to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And so run the ball, control you know, eat up 40 minutes of the 60 on the clock. On the other hand, it's the Browns. It's week one Browns. We saw the Browns play the Chiefs last year. It looked like they were going to just run them off the field in the playoffs until the, the injuries. And man, I, it's anytime that you're getting Patrick Mahomes under a touchdown, it feels like a gift from the past few years. So this it, is a tough spot. I think I'm going to stay away from this one ultimately just because I can really talk myself into either side of it. But I think it's an interesting game. It's definitely the game I'll be watching closest this week. One that I do like a little better is New England and Miami, AFC East battle. So that line has moved a little bit as well. Patriots uh, were minus two and a half, and that has moved to three. Only half point, but hits that key number. So the Patriots are favored by three at home now. And the total is dropping from 45 and a half down to 43 and a half. So we both have been very low on Miami. What do you make of the, the line change here? And what are you thinking about this game? You know, when I first thought about it, like I, I kind of agree with the, the, the line move. But more and more, I just I'm, I'm really struggling with, with laying three points with a rookie quarterback. And I know over the last two seasons, quarterbacks making their first start are 18 and six against the spread. But, you know, somebody asked me an interesting question the other day. How many quarterbacks making their first start are favored? And I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure that most of them are favorites. Most of them are underdogs. And, you know, Brian Flores, he's led a solid defense. I think this defense is still solid. They're not going to have the turnover differential that they had last year. But he, Matt Jones is not a guy who can add a lot of variance to the game through his movement. He's a guy who has to sit in the pocket. And I'm not seeing a lot of receiving threats on this New England team. So, I think this is a three-point game either way. And personally, I think the value is with the under. And I think that's why you saw this, this total get steamed down from 45 and a half to 43. 
So I like New England here. I think that Miami's strength on the defense, especially is their corners. And so the lack of the New England receivers kind of almost offsets Miami's strength. There, there's not really a star receiver for the, the Dolphins to shut out or take out of the game. Um, I, I feel like New England's strengths match up a little differently. I like the Patriots defense a lot. I think it's going to be a huge improvement from a year ago. I like their line. And I just don't like Miami a lot. So I already got this at the two and a half. I don't mind it at the three. I, I had this line. I, I put it at about four or five. So I still think that there's some value there. I do like New England. It's one of my favorite plays of the week. Uh, one other game that I like a lot, even though the line has moved uh, in the direction of my pick and, and made my pick a little worse, Sunday night, we get the Rams and the Bears and uh, my hometown Bears here. No Justin Fields. He's going to be watching this from the sidelines, at least starting out. So the Rams are favored at home by a touchdown, but that has gone up to seven and a half now, moving again off that key number. And then the over, uh, the over is rising. So the total has gone from 43 and a half to 46 and a half. I think this shapes up to be a Rams blowout. I think that th- this just feels like that game where everyone ends up at the end of the night being like, what are the Bears doing starting Andy Dalton? And holy cow, the Rams look awesome. This is a Super Bowl team. So I feel like even with the line move, I'm still willing to play the Rams. But what do you think about what's happening here? Oh, I totally agree with you here. I mean, I think when you look at the Bears, their offensive line is, is, is troubling. Pro Football Focus ranks them the 28th ranked offensive line in the league, and they have to deal with Aaron Donald, who has 456 pressures over the last five seasons. That's 86 more than any other defender. And a lot of times he's being double teamed, which opens up room for his teammates to get to the quarterback. They're facing Andy Dalton. He's a statue. I mean, I think one of us could move a lot better than him. Now, there were some rumors <laughs> that we could see Justin Fields step in, but I think you don't want to throw Justin Fields to the fire against Aaron Donald. So I think this is defensively, they should dominate. And then the upgrade from quarterback from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford is it's gigantic, to say the least. I mean, J- Jared Goff basically had Sean McVay calling his plays for him in the huddle. It's not going to be the same way here. And they're facing a Bears defense, which really isn't at the caliber that they were a few years ago. They were 18th and dropped back expected points at it last year. So expect this Rams offense to go off. Like you said, this is a blowout. Yeah, I think this is going to be the lead story on, on NFL Live on Monday. The Rams are the team that everyone expected. Matt Stafford is here. This is the Super Bowl hope. Stafford MVP hype. I think we could get a lot of that conversation coming, especially after a Sunday night national TV game. Uh, Well, let's wrap up with a few best bets for our listeners and get out of here and get to some football. So three of my favorites, we've talked, we just talked about two of them. I like the Patriots. I like the Rams. The line is moving in the direction of both of those. So I want to grab it before it moves again, but I feel pretty good about both of those. The other one that I like is Denver at New York Giants. Again, that's another one where the line is moving in Denver's direction. It's now minus three on the road. Teddy Bridgewater laying three points on the road doesn't make me super excited. Broncos playing the Giants makes me feel a little bit more excited. Uh, Jason Garrett's offense against Vic Fangio's defense. Yes, please sign me up at whatever number I have to get. Uh, I don't I don't trust what Garrett's doing with that team. I don't feel good about what the Giants are going to put out there. And I just feel like the 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 Broncos defense is so good. It's ferocious. It's going to get Daniel Jones in a lot of trouble. I think the Giants, they're just going to have a hard time scoring in this game. So 
Denver is a team both of us have been very high on. This, to me, is where they're just going to get the season started out right. So uh, Patriots, Broncos, Rams, all to cover and get the win. Who are some of your best bets for the week as we wrap up here? Okay, two of these lines have moved already. The Washington football team plus one. I think they win that game. I also would add them in teasers. If you could find a plus one, tease it up to plus seven. I also like the Cleveland Browns plus six and a half. Unfortunately, that's moved. So I'm, I'm going to try to give you guys some, some, some games that haven't moved. One that stands out to me is the Seattle Seahawks. You know, this line is two and a half. They're on the road. They're the antithesis of the Chargers. They've played. 23 one-score games over the last two seasons. They're 18 and five straight up. A big part of that is Russell Wilson, and they're facing a Colts team that had a tumultuous offseason. I mean, Wentz was sidelined most of the preseason with a foot injury. Then he landed on the COVID-19 list. And then you look at this offensive line, it's a mess. I mean, they're taking a hit with the with the retirement of Anthony Costanzo, left tackle Eric Fisher is fresh off the Achilles injury. He's not going to play until October. Then you had the injury to left guard Quentin Nelson. Wentz, I mean, he's been a turnover machine, and he's got to match point for point with Seattle. And this new-look offense with Shane Waldron, they're letting Russ cook. They're letting him push the pace. I think it's safe to lay the two and a half on the road with the Seahawks here. Um, if, if I want to give you one more bet, I'm going to go with the Jets and the Panthers over 44 and a half. Actually, I think it's down to 44. There's been some resistance here, but I totally don't be, agree with the resistance. Actually, I like the Jets over 20 points as well. I think you're going to see a shootout here. The Jets don't have a good defense, but they have a solid offense with Zach Wilson. I really think they go out there and put some points in the board. And then I think you have a revenge game with Sam Darnold and under Matt Rule and Joe Brady, and they're going to put up some points. I mean, they have a lot of receivers over there. They got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCarthy is back. They go over to 44 with ease, and so do the Jets. So take the over 44 and take the over 20 points for the Jets. I like it. I'll go one step even further. The New York football Jets would be my upset special pick of the week. I think the Jets are going to go to Carolina and get that win. So I'm seeing that at plus 165 on the money line. I love the Jets. You know I love my long shots. So let's play some football. That line was just at five earlier today, and we've seen some sharp action take the New York Jets. It's down to four. There's a consensus four everywhere, but there's some three and a halfs in the market. So – if you want, if you want to hit that forward, if you want to grab that right now, and then grab that money line because this line is going down. And like I said earlier, rookie quarterbacks are eighteen and six in their first game, so that has a good shot moving. of hitting. It's, it's moving. All right, that's going to wrap it up at the Action Network podcast. Make sure, if you have not yet, to get our award-winning app. Download that app. Make sure to follow Raheem and myself. We are populating all of our picks in there so that you can see what other uh, picks we'll be adding. You'll get those in real time. You get notifications and everything. Uh, lots of good stuff on there. The best app that I've seen to follow live sports and uh, to get, you know, you can check out the articles and everything else in there. Oh, and also one thing you want to check out is that I'm giving out five NFL picks a week. So you want to check out my video with Amanda Rose. It should be dropping tomorrow. You want to check that out to get my five picks. All right. Well, just a reminder of what's coming up Sunday night. We'll be recording and bringing you from Monday morning podcast reaction to everything that happened week one and a preview of Monday night football. So keep an eye out for that on Monday and then midweek 
you'll get from Stucky and Raybon their six pack betting pack. And then Raheem and I will be back next Friday for a bit more traditional episode, assuming the Ravens don't blow out a couple more knees along the way. So that's going to wrap it up today. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson. This has been the Action Network Podcast. And remember, don't let your kids grow up to be a Ravens running back.